Hello, welcome to something new on the Pink and YouTube channel. Thought we'd try, given that we are, what, a few days away now from transfer deadline day, just a little reflection on uh, Norwich City's business this window and uh, also your guys' thoughts on the current situation. Anything at all Norwich City related, we're going to try and pack into this video. Uh, I've, I've had a quick look through the questions. They're wide ranging, they're quite interesting. Uh, I'll try and give you my, my thoughts um, and, and maybe some, some snippets of insight as well, uh, hopefully on, on a few occasions. So Hopefully this isn't too long and waffly, so we'll, we'll crack right on anyway. Um, before I do start, I will say that uh, Terrace Talk will be back next week. But if you fancy coming on the show and, and giving your thoughts on anything Norwich City related, then uh, we will have a, an email address in the description, which you can email to get in touch with us. Right, let's go with the very first question, uh, which you, the first set come from Twitter, and then we'll move over to Facebook. But the first one is from Canary in a Coal Mine, which is a, a great username, I'm sure we'll agree. Um, and they have asked, what do you see new signing Lucas Rupp's role being in the second part of this season? Do you think he'll break in anywhere in that front three behind Pukki? Lucas Rupp is an interesting one. Obviously, Norris signing from uh, Hoffenheim in, in Germany in this window. Uh, top flight pedigree. A little bit of a utility man, I think you'd say, in, in terms of the positions he's played. Midfield, out wide, even played as a striker on one occasion. Uh, Daniel Farker has said that he, he's capable of playing fullback, although he's never played a, a game, certainly there in his senior career. So... I, I, I think essentially what they've got, and the key word really to, to think about Lucas Rupp is competition because they had a thin squad before Manchester United. They had 16 first team players essentially training for um, 11 slots. So if you think about the competition, you've got players there who with, with pretty much guarantees that they're going to start at Old Trafford. So what these players have done, Andre Duda and Lucas Rupp, is just add a little bit of com competition, raise the standards a little bit to try and extract all those qualities out of Norwich City's players um, that you can find. I think Daniel Farker said he's seen an improvement with that. With Rupp individually, we've seen him twice now on two occasions. His Norwich City debut at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, where he played it out on the on the right-hand side, and in the FA Cup against Burnley. Two contrasting performances for different reasons. Um, I think the first one was all about his energy and how he got up and down the pitch and what he did from a defensive perspective. Burnley was all about what he could offer from an attacking sense. And I think we saw two very different Lucas Rupps. Um, but fundamentally, I think what he will offer is stability. Um, I don't think he's a natural right wing option. I, I think when you watch him play, that, that becomes almost abundantly clear. But what he will do is provide... Um, provide a, a little bit of defensive protection for Norwich's fullbacks if they are in a situation where they have to protect the ball. Um, do I think he'll break into that free? I think he certainly provides a different option to Buendia and Campwell in different scenarios, particularly perhaps if Norwich are leading a game and, and they do need a bit more of that game management, which they weren't so good at in December, he could be an option. But certainly as a first choice, I think we'll, we'll probably see Buendia and Campwell on either wings. Uh, we'll go on to the next one then. Uh, Stuart has asked on Twitter, I'm a big fan of Mario Vrancic and would also, I would always, sorry, find a place for him in the starting 11 why do you think he's not a consistent starter and how would you fit him into the current side I actually wrote about this the other day Mario Vancic is a really interesting one because if you think about the margins within games that Norwich City have had um, of late where perhaps they're 1-0 up they've got the momentum and they just can't quite grab that second goal What's going to be crucial is finding those little moments of qualities to rely upon. Obviously, he's a fantastic set-piece taker. Um, we all saw his delivery at Burnley, equally for, for Timu Puki's uh, goal against Tottenham that, that was obviously disallowed by VAR with a wonderful lofted pass. And what he does provide is little snippets of quality that can help Norwich break down defences. For me, I think that number 10 role is probably a, a stretch too far. I think what you have to consider with Rancic is A, his fitness history, which... He always seems to have a run in the team where he looks pretty impressive and then gets injured. So a consistent run of games is, is looks 
to be a little bit beyond him. He's 30 years of age. He's getting no younger. Um, but his skill set is something Norwich don't have in terms of a, a technician in midfield. I, I think his lack of pace is an issue, perhaps his physicality as well. But certainly within the right structured midfield, he could certainly provide Norwich with, with an option. And again, that set pieces, those moments of quality, I think are, are pivotal to, to how Norwich City kill off games in, in the second part of the season. And if they are to complete a great escape, then I think they are going to rely on that man because... Ultimately, games at the moment involving Norwich City depend upon small margins and they depend on, upon those small margins going in their favour and at the moment they're not. If they can get quality and more quality into the side, Mario Vancic is, is key to that, then they will certainly, uh, hopefully, score the goal that can kill off games. So, yes, on Vancic, needs the right structure. Uh, Diane has asked, uh, she said first and foremost that she hasn't given up yet, which is good. We, we don't want anyone giving up quite yet on survival, although Newcastle United at St James's Park on Saturday is a big one. Norwich have, I was doing a bit of research uh, before uh, this one. Uh, it doesn't make too good read. I think Norwich have lost nine of the last ten at St James's uh, uh, Park. So a little bit of the Craven Cottage curse. But anyway, she's asked if Norwich uh, do go down, which players do you see leaving? And what is the minimum you, you would expect to get for them? This is, this is the big question, isn't it? I think realistically, you're probably looking at uh, Norwich's young talent. So we're looking at Max Ahrens in particular, I think will be a target for Premier League clubs. Um, Jamal Lewis is, is another one, although perhaps to a, to a lesser extent. Ben Godfrey, absolutely. Uh, Emi Buendia, I, I, I see, even if Norwich stay up, I can't see a situation where Emi Buendia is pulling on a Norwich City shirt next season. Uh, Timu Puki, Todd Cantwell, I think are, are your obvious candidates. And I, I really believe whether Norwich go down or whether they stay up, and let's say they, they, there is interest in these players. Ultimately, what they, do, what they will need is a little bit of an auction. I think ultimately with these players, if, if there's one club in for them and Norwich are in the championship and the player has expressed a desire to leave, that makes it incredibly difficult for Norwich to retain their services. What you want is two or three clubs coming in and just driving that price constantly up because then Norwich will get the price that perhaps many people think they, they are capable of getting for these players. But what I would say about Buendia is he needs to add a few more goals. And if he can do that, then I think there's absolutely no reason why he couldn't join a top side, certainly in, in the Premier League, but, but equally uh, worldwide. I think, I think he, he has got that talent and certainly the metrics he's been producing this season um, display that. Equally, they're, they're British players. They come at a premium. Their prices are always high. So I think Max Ahrens in particular is, is someone who, who could move on providing the right interest is there and, and the fee is right um, and I honestly would not be surprised to see Norwich City break their their record for uh, the amount of income they produce from those players because um, I, I think they've got some list of talent and uh, it will be incredibly sad if that team does get picked apart because there are some wonderful players who obviously supporters have quite an emotional connection to because of what they achieved last season so that's my answer I think I think they're probably the the six or seven I would say and uh, that's why I say I, I'd predict a summer of, uh, of of big transfer fees but we shall see obviously it will depend on the division how much interest there is players willingness to leave the club how much they buy into the project and and all that uh, and all that jazz so so we will see uh, Ben Seeger I was asked assuming relegation what is a realistic expectation for next season uh, no I've not quite given up on survival yet and if any Nuru City team can pull off a miracle it's this one interesting uh, I don't want to sort of uh, 
look into a crystal ball and, and, and tell you how a championship season will go because I think there are so many mitigating circumstances to, to discover before we even consider a championship season. Obviously the issue that we spoke about previously in terms of who's actually going to be at the club, who are they going to recruit. I think look, ultimately the expectation is going to be to get right back in the Premier League and to do that as soon as possible because ultimately the financial model, the way that um, this club is structured depends on um, being in the Premier League or being a top 26 club as, as the board will tell you but ultimately for Norwich City supporters absolutely no doubt the minimum will be will be probably top two or promotion um, whether that comes via the playoffs or, or the top two I think Daniel Parker and the club may opt to be a bit more pragmatic and, and might say that it's going to be difficult which it will be but the, the, the interesting thing this time Norwich City won the title on the back of having no expectation at all from anybody everyone was riding a little bit of a wave it's going to be interesting if they are catapulted back into that situation in the championship, how they deal with that expectation and uh, equally who they can attract because, because of parachute payments and because of the financial situation and players outgoing, there might be a situation where they end up with a bit more money than they did this summer. And again, how, whether they pursue the same avenues in terms of recruitment is, is going to be really interesting. But I, I think the minimum expectation, certainly the noises from inside and outside the club internally and externally will be all about bouncing back as soon as possible um, and I think Norwich City will, will need to do that um, realistically because the Premier League is, is where they want to be. It's certainly in, in terms of the progression that Stuart Webber talks about and, those, and Daniel Farker talks about, it's where they want to be. Um, it's going to be incredibly difficult to bounce back and, and we can sit here and list loads of case studies but I, I won't bore you with that. Uh, the next question uh, or statement rather is, is from Dan on Twitter. He said just a statement, closer should start next to Godfrey or Zimmerman when fit he's our best centre-back this is an interesting one uh, I think the centre-back debacle has been quite interesting throughout the season obviously with the injury crisis it's been a little bit stretched it's been a bit thin on the ground perhaps some people are surprised they haven't strengthened that position in January uh, Tim Closer of course suffered a, a pretty nasty injury in, in that League Cup defeat to Crawley he, he still to this day is, is not back although getting closer back on the grass has posted some Instagram uh, clips of, of him starting training again which is which is tremendously positive I do just wonder how, if Norwich City will have had a full, uh, would have had a full season with, with those three options closer Godfrey Zimmerman whether that would have been a back three and whether we would have seen a back three by now I think we probably would have because of the way Norwich City like to play in possession I think that would have allowed perhaps a little bit more experimentation in, in midfield they've had to tr essentially focus on getting that midfield balance right um, because of the whole structure of the team I don't think the structure of the team was quite right with the midfield how it was with a back three and New Newcastle Saturday's opponents are a great example of this what that provides you is, is defensive stability and structure to go and play um, and certainly the way they've adapted their game uh, in, in recent weeks perhaps lends itself a bit more to, to a back three ultimately they haven't quite had the options to do that um, and in terms of, of, of your comment I, I think Daniel Farker has made it quite clear that he sees Ben Godfrey as his best centre-back so I think it would be one of um, closer or Zimmerman alongside him uh, if the two were fully fit although I have to say Grant Handley has impressed me of late I think he's been uh, he's been really good since he has come back from injury so Interesting uh, situation with the defensive um, setup, I suppose. I, I think it's going to be interesting in the championship to see 
just what the makeup of that is. Um, if realistically, I, I suppose most pragmatists would say they're probably going to be looking at a, a season if they do go down without Ben Godfrey. So then that, that could be um, a, a massive opportunity for Tim Closer to go again and prove himself in the championship after a long injury layoff. But hopefully uh, we won't be talking about a championship return. Hopefully there is some uh, small miracle left, as Daniel Farker would put it. Jonathan Parker said, uh, if Norwich go down, who do we feel is most likely to go? I think we've we've answered this question. I think Timmy Puki and uh, Max Ahrens, um, Emi Buendia, I'd, I'd say were probably the three um, that, that teams will be interested in. I think if, if you look within yourself and ask yourself to see those three playing again and, and trying to go again in the Norwich City shirt in the championship, I, I, I can't see it, sadly, I can't see it. And I think Timmy Puki has worked so hard in his career to get to a point where People would consider elite levels. He's, he's level on goals with Mo Salah, scored more goals than Roberto Firmino. He's got the highest um, involvement in goals for one team in the Premier League. Those are statistics that teams pay attention to. Um, uh, who knows? He could be an option for a, for a team abroad as well. So, not sure. I, I think Norwich will, will probably find themselves looking for, a, for another striker if they do go down this season. Um, Eddie on Twitter has asked, uh, what do you think our chance of survival is? Uh, slim, to, to be honest. I think there's there's no hiding it. No team has stayed up from this position. Um, Norwich are going to have to have a pretty miraculous second half of the season to to ensure they stay up. That starts with Saturday. They've got an incredibly tough run after Newcastle United. Liverpool, Wolves, Sheffield United are in there. Leicester as well. I think it's Leicester before Sheffield United. But um, that, that makes up four of their next five. They're going to have to beat Newcastle and get, up a couple, and get a few points in that run. That's going to be incredibly difficult. Um, but they have to keep going. Their, their form of late actually hasn't been too bad. Um, but I just wonder whether they've backed themselves in too tight a corner to get themselves out of it now. But let's hope so. As, as Ben said earlier in, 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 his, in his statement, I suppose, um, if any Norwich team are to do it, it will be this one, given what they achieved last season. And uh, wouldn't it be quite the narrative if, if they did go on to do it? Uh, Lewis, and then this is an interesting question, which I'll link with uh, link two questions together. So first and foremost, the first question from Lewis, are Norwich still expecting to lose Tetty at the end of the season, or will his recent run of games result in a new contract? And I will um, throw in as well, uh, the uh, Virginia Canaries question, which is what you know about new signing Melvin City. Is his arrival an indicator of midfield departures in the summer? And the reason I link those two is because I think what you see is a natural progression here. So Alex Tetty is out of contract in the summer. Uh, he's, what, 33 years of age, going to be 34 by the summer. Um, he's played a lot of football this year, actually, perhaps more than most people expected with Ibrahim Amadou coming in, perhaps more than Alex Tetty expected with Ibrahim Amadou coming in. Um, and he is being a bit like a... Uh, an ageing wine. He's, he's, been, he's been quite impressive this season. Dare I, dare I mention he's he probably up there for the contenders in, in terms of player of the season. Um, Norwich are in an interesting place where structurally in their midfield they don't look like they can quite play in the same way without him in the Premier League. And that to be so reliant on a 34-year-old who perhaps is... Um, maybe doesn't align himself naturally with, with the how way Daniel Farker sees a, a midfield player. He's, he's almost become... Uh, a linchpin in that midfield now, a, a dependable um, player that they've had to rely on for numerous years. Each manager has tried dipping him out, um, each manager has, has come back to him. Norwich haven't been able to really find another player like Alex Tetty, and, and this is why I come on to my point about um, Melvin City, who signed obviously yesterday from, from FC Show as, as we record this in, in, in France. 19 year old defensive midfielder, plenty of parallels there. Um, 
is obviously gone back on loan to France for the remainder of the season but then you've almost got that natural progression plan if City can come in and will Alex Tate get offered a new contract who knows I, I think regardless of whether he does or not he'll be remembered as a Norwich City legend um, for what for what he has uh, done for this club and what he's given to, to the, the football club but that midfield dilemma is interesting and again I'll, I'll link another question from uh, from Bear as well someone who, whose username is, is Bear uh, is there any way back from Mo Leitner I think Leitner, probably not. I, I, I think he's so far down the pecking order now that any sort of chance of Premier League redemption looks fairly slim. So uh, it will be interesting to see what their plan for Mo Leitner is, whether he is still a Norwich player next season and what sort of role he does have should Norwich City return to the Championship. But yeah, that, mid, that midfield I think is going to be crucial. Probably an area Norwich will look at in the summer again. If you think Amadou could be gone, Teti is out of contract. Um, any other players that, that decide to leave, I think that midfield again could be could be um, could be a, an area they have to look at. Vrancic is, is obviously not the right side of 30. Tom Tribal, can he go again if, if Norwich were to go down? So there's lots of questions about that. Um, in terms of City, I think he is someone they clearly like. Technically, I, I think the second division in France is quite a good division to go and find young prospects anyway. There's a lot of teams with perhaps limited resources that have to focus on young team or youth team development. I, I think show uh, one of those. Um, City is, is a player who's perhaps a bit more technical than Alex Tetti. Um, not quite sure on, on perhaps his complete game but certainly from, from the stuff we've read we, we know that he is a player that Norwich City and Daniel Farker are excited about so perhaps again perhaps one for next season if they do find themselves in the championship to almost take on the mantle from Alex Tetty. Uh, Charlie Robinson fairly fairly uh, short and sweet statement use of sub uh, use of substitutes please I'm guessing you, you want me to speak about uh, Daniel Farker's use of substitutes it's difficult because I think Daniel Farker is so philo philosophical, so um, ideological that when he sets out a team, he sets them out with the intention of seeing it through. Uh, I think we've seen that. He's very long term. He's not someone who's particularly reactive to situations. We saw that in the first season. Didn't quite go to plan. Um, he persisted with it, tweaked it a little bit and has tweaked it again this season. I think, as Stuart Webber put quite aptly in, 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 a, in an interview last season, there is their plan B is to improve plan A. So for me, it, it kind of feels like they look from within to it to improve situations in games. I also think it's it's easy to get caught up about substitutions um, if Norwich are losing because again, it's that reactive element, that short-term element, element. Everyone wants change, um, and and they want it quickly because they want something to make an impact. But all I would say is is one sort of real time I've um, sort of question Daniel Farker's substitutions this season was at Brighton where he made a couple before a set piece that uh, led to Brighton's second goal which was ludicrous because the players had set up and they'd all got ready in a structure and it didn't quite come out that way um, but, but overall does he need to be a bit more proactive look I don't think 10 minutes in a game is enough for a substitute to, to have but equally I understand his trust and his loyalty to, to the 11 he puts out there. Um, for example, if you look at someone like Pep Guardiola, why is he such a good coach? Because he can read situations and he can adapt within games and his game management is very good. Um, perhaps we could point to Daniel Farker's Premier League inexperience. Who knows? Uh, again, that's, that's something that only he could answer. But for me, 
I think we, I, I don't think necessarily the lack of substitutions is a problem. I, th I think maybe it's, it's the time of the substitutions, maybe to give players a bit longer within games, but um, who knows. Uh, Stephen Pass has said, uh, has it been confirmed that the entire squad gets a wage drop upon relegation? I think we, we know that they got fairly, uh, fair, well, they got bonuses, didn't they, after promotion, and rightly so, after, you, after such an achievement in football. I think we can only presume that would be the case, although say that without certainty in terms of uh, clauses in contracts, there are so many, um, that, that that would be the case again, because ultimately Norwich would have to prepare in order to, to make sure that they don't find themselves in the situation they found themselves in a few years ago when they came out of the Championship, when they had a lot of players on high wages, there was a lot of apathy in the air, there was disconnect um, between the supporters and the players so um, I think that that is likely to be the case uh, finally for Twitter canary mark haven't we seen uh, by the business done this week players bought and loaned back that the club are uh, preparing for the championship and don't even believe um, I think we're certainly seeing long-term planning I think what you'll see from Stuart Webber is a meticulous ability to plan for all scenarios for example he's fairly open in, in the first year Norwich were planning for relegation to League One what they would do in that uh, situation in that scenario he's also a realist and, and the situation Norwich are in now I don't think there's a lack of belief I don't think there is a, a, a case that they're preparing for the championship I think what they see are long-term options for different levels and equally it's, it's worth noting not every player that they sign where if they're a young player for example they have plans to to go into the first team they, they could see it as an option um, to get money from and, and that is again a different branch of the academy uh, that is a money-making tool for the club and, and the clamp club can profit from that because the rewards are so high if someone gets a decent loan move and, and impresses on loan but they're not quite up to the standard Norwich want them to be for the first team then that is an income generator which will prove pivotal in the championship um, should Norwich end up there and equally if, if they have a young player and, and we've all seen the profound effects that, that the four have had this season uh, even Chuck Adamida in there as well the high rewards you can get from that are, are ludicrous in terms of transfer fees as well so I, I think it's more long-term planning than, than the club lacking belief right let's go on to Facebook I'll try and get through these as quickly as humanly possible uh, the first one uh, is from Mark Mitchell. I was wondering whether this topic uh, would come up. Uh, is it now time Delia sold up to someone who can invest in the club? Um, as it's obvious to everyone that uh, she cannot afford to invest, hence the reason why uh, Norwich have got to be self-funding. Uh, it's incredibly complex, this, and certainly something I can't answer in, in a two-minute, one-minute answer. Um, all I would say is that in order for a club to be sold you have to find a buyer there has to be an interested party um, I can only reiterate what the majority shareholders have said in terms of they are open to people coming to speak to them I don't think there are any people coming to speak to them and, and knocking at their door for investment why aren't Norwich an attractive entity I think there, there are a million answers to that but at the moment I, I don't see a situation where um, external investment comes in not because they don't want it but because there isn't any there at the moment and it's not as easy as sending someone out to go look for it because uh, it's not always found and as we've seen with Newcastle at the moment there can be questions over ethics as well so and, and money isn't always the answer so that's that's worth noting as well but like I say it would take a much longer video for me to go into all the nuances on that I, and again it's, it's a, a, a grey area that I can only answer with what we know um, unfortunately uh, so there you go um, 
Ben Green has said, Dermich playing more minutes now he is fit as his movement against Burnley was decent. Uh, is there an update on Emi Buendia's fitness and any truth in reports of interest slash bids for Aaron's or Jamal Lewis? I think the second half of that question in terms of interest, I think lots of clubs would like Max Aaron's, um, to be honest. Jamal Lewis is an interesting one because obviously he's fell out, of, well, maybe not fell out of favour, but Sam Byron's performances are keeping him out of the team. I think the nature of transfer windows is there are a lot of talk, there's a lot of speculation. Who knows, perhaps after this transfer window, Stuart Webber, Daniel Farker might, might uh, talk about whether any of that supposed interest has actually resulted in any bids being made. Um, but I, I think it's it's fairly obvious that there's no smoke without fire, that there must be interest in, in terms of Max Aaron's and, and probably all of Norwich's young players because of the way they are performing and English players are at such a premium. Um, Buendia's fitness, Daniel Farker, the last we heard, obviously recording this before Friday's press conference, is that he would be a late call for Newcastle. Um, but Daniel Farker did expect him to have a chance of uh, reaching that game. So important, I think, for Emi Buendia to be fit on Saturday. Um, lastly, on ben point, uh, Ben's point about Dermich, I think there was a lot of good stuff in there. A lot of rustiness in there as well, which is to be expected. Obviously, perhaps should have scored that chance in, in the opening 10 seconds. But I was pleased he got a goal. I felt he deserved that. And if Norwich can keep him fit, then he certainly does provide a credible option, um, certainly from the bench behind Timu Puki, and uh, someone that they may need to rely upon to come off the bench and score a goal. And we were talking about substitutions earlier, weren't we? Jamie uh, Neve on Facebook has put Jordan Rhodes. Are the club going to make an offer for him? Exactly what we need. A game changer slash match winner scores goals in whatever league he plays in. At this current moment, no, uh, in, in, in terms of the finances, I, I don't think that, may, that would uh, make sense for the, for the club. I don't think Jordan Rose particularly fits the age profile in terms of a permanent signing either. What would happen if they went down to the championship? I think Jordan Rose's contract is up at the end of the season. Football changes so quickly. He's obviously a player that Daniel Farker and Stuart Webber admire. Um, didn't get a, a whole lot of game time during his loan spell, so he's one um, uh, that will perhaps look to move elsewhere, possibly for, for more game time. But I'd say perhaps one to revisit should Norwich City get relegated this season. Um, Kevin Yar Yarham, I'm going to apologise for that pronunciation because I know I've got that massively wrong. Uh, are Norwich interested in Charlton striker Lyle Taylor as reported in December, as reports in December seems to have gone dead. He's out of contract in the summer. Um, Lyle Taylor is an interesting one. I think probably again uh, an option should Norwich fall to the championship. He may already have a new club by then. There's a, a lot of reported championship interest in him. Um, possibly one that I, I, I can't really see that one happening uh, to be honest and then he's gone on to ask uh, how defensive midfielder Charlie Gilmore is doing of course uh, Charlie Gilmore signed from Arsenal last summer and was loaned immediately out to SC Telstar where he's played a lot of football actually it's been one of the club's more successful loans this season again he's another one it's going to be interesting to see how close to the first team they view him uh, or he can get uh, and, and how close they think he is once he returns to Carrow Road in the summer. Uh, I think pre-season is probably going to be big for, Chico, for Gilmore and for CT in, in terms of making their claim for, for that defensive midfield position. Of course, we'll know Alex Tetty's future by then as well. But if you chuck Tetty in the mix, then that is uh, suddenly a lot more competition. That key word again that Daniel Farker is uh, looking for. Um, and we'll end on a bit of a light-hearted one. Uh, George Goddard has asked TGI Fridays or Five Guys. Uh, for me, I'll probably go Five Guys. I think that's, that's the one that I have, uh, I've had more experience with. Um, maybe TGI is, is better. I'll, I'll, I'll try it and let you know at some point. 
I think that is just about it. Um, we've got through all the questions. Some I haven't read because they sort of cross the border of, of ones we've answered. But thank you for, for everyone for sending uh, a question. Uh, like I say, Terrace Talk will be back next week. Hopefully, this this was something new. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. It's, it was a bit of me waffling, so, so hopefully that's okay. Um, and we will see you again very soon uh, on the Pink and YouTube channel. Make sure you, you leave this video a like if you enjoyed it. We, essentially want to know what you what you think of this format and what you think of this style of video as well thank you very much and we'll see you soon